Welcome to another episode of Rad Talk with Tracy. I'm your host, Tracy Poffenroth Prado. This podcast is all about reactive attachment disorder, or RAD. I'm going to be talking with parents who will be sharing their experiences of what it's like raising a child with RAD. It gets raw and it gets real. I'm also going to be talking with experts from different areas who will be sharing information about RAD, resources, and support. I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. I want you to meet Monica Badgley. She's my next guest on the Rad Talk with Tracy podcast. And Monica is a rad mom doing rad things. She created and founded an organization called Rad Sibs about a year ago. And why? Well, Monica started Rad Sibs after she and her family including her biological daughter, experienced the trauma from adopting her three nieces with RAD, two of whom they had in their home for about 10 years. Monica has been reluctant to share her story due to the painful circumstances and the long healing process, but she felt compelled to come out from the shadows and share. So Monica's here today and has the opportunity to share her story. And I wanna really thank you for being here and being so brave to do that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you first and foremost are a rad mom. Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about your story? You adopted your nieces. We did. Um, We adopted two of our five nieces actually about 10 years ago, but at the time my, these are my sister's children. Okay. And um, they, she had only had uh, three of them at the time. And then they were all removed from her care. She proceeded to have a few more children. Unfortunately, they were removed from her care as well. Uh, so we eventually ended up adopting three of the five. The other two are, are, are older. And um, yeah, we, we went into that thinking that, you know, we can kind of save them the uh, trauma that that they would experience later in life if right. they continue to remain in that environment uh, but not fully understanding that what had already transpired was going to stick with them uh, right in the way and manifest in the way that it did right yeah absolutely you don't really know what you're getting into right because mm-hmm. you're going in doing this great thing and thinking you're helping and not really knowing what's already already happened and right. Yeah. How it comes out, like you say. Mm-hmm. So did you, you also have a biological child? Was yes. that child in the picture? She was. Um, so she was about 18 months at the time okay. when we brought our, our two nieces into our home with us. Um, and they are all within a year apart. Oh, wow. So, yes. Um, it, you know, the, she was, our biological was in the youngest of the three, but they were very close in age. Okay. And which we, at the time we thought was a really positive thing. Again, not quite understanding right. uh, the impact that, that that would have. Isn't it true? Because how old were your nieces then? Uh, just turned four, okay. our oldest, and uh, two and a half. So when they came to you, two and a half and four, two right? Two and a half and four. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. think young and what could, what could exactly. have happened already? What could sure. go wrong? Yeah. And this is, you know, and, and they're biologically family. And I'm thinking, right. you know, that's, a, that's a positive at the time. Yes. I was thinking this will be really good to keep them in the family. And mm-hmm. um, we had lived a distance away. 
so several states away. So there wasn't a lot of contact there with or influences from my sister or the biological father um, of the two girls. You know, we just, yeah, we thought that bring them on in and with our biological daughter, we'll, you know, we'll treat them all the same. They'll be sister cousins, <laughs> cousin right. sisters, you know, and so we, we would joke about that, but we, it, we move forward and they're sisters, you know, same last name, same, you know, we're, we're family, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I can see how you would think that is the best possible situation mm-hmm. out of, you know, a bad situation. Right. And so once they came to live with you, you were saying they didn't really have contact with your sister. Correct. They had actually both spent a little bit of time in foster care uh, already. Okay. And since we were out of the area at the time, uh, we didn't pursue adoption because they were also, social services was also pursuing reunification. Oh, right. uh, While they were in foster care. And um, in fact, we were overseas at the time when we had our biological daughter. Uh, So my mom, the, my sister's mother, took uh, them in at the end of the foster care stage, again, hoping for some reunification. And um, when it was clear that wasn't going to happen, we had returned to the States and just thought that this was the absolute best thing that could happen, that we could bring them into our home. Yeah. And how long were they with grandma, with mom? About six months. Okay. And did she have experienced any difficulty or anything that she noticed? Or did she just assume, oh, this is because they're not with their mom right now. They're just having a hard time temporarily. That's definitely part of it. Now, interestingly enough, she ended up getting custody of my sister's oldest daughter. So she was raising her at the time. So she just was of the mindset like most of us were of let's keep them in the family. Yeah. That's absolutely the best thing. They don't need to be in a, a home environment with their biological mother, my sister. Right. Um, but certainly keeping them with family that right. you know, loves and cares for them. Right. And so then they're with you. What what happens from there? What did you experience or start to experience? Well, um, you know, I, I was very much of the mindset again, that just the longer they're with us, the more we instill that we're their parents and still not, not neglecting the fact that they also had another mommy, their biological mommy, but we just really thought that bringing them in and working on bonding was, was going to be enough. Right. So did you notice that they weren't bonding? What, what kind of things were you noticing that made you go, huh, something's up here. (laughs) So it took, honestly, I, I, my husband and I talk about how we're very slow learners um, (laughs) and that the Lord's very patient with us right? because it took us many years. Uh, We saw things, we would have our, our uh, four-year-old as she she's maybe six or seven, she would um, do things with going to the bathroom that, you know, weren't appropriate, but age appropriate, but we just thought, well, it's just a phase or, you know, we can work through this. Uh, Same thing then with our, um, our second, uh, who was about a year and a half younger, they had difficulty in 
like with the clothing that, that they'd wear, they'd cut their clothes a lot, you know, chew holes into them and take food from other kids or from off the, the, like their preschool teacher's desk and like take all of the food, right. <laughs> like an entire bag of marshmallows. Wow. And then, you know, say they didn't. And again, we, we weren't thinking that this is necessarily unusual. Right. Part of it was also because our biologicals are, was our youngest in the home. So we're also thinking it's lack of experience on our part. Um, right. You know, we've, you know, there are, our oldest children are our nieces, our adopted children. Right. So perhaps we're just inexperienced parents. And this right. is something that parents go through at these different ages and stages. Yeah. You don't have a frame of reference of what exactly. is normal. And then you're also getting kids from a situation that, you know, some things might happen. So I could see how you would chalk it up to, oh, this is just, you know, <laughs> right. A unique... This is something right. This is, right. this is not good, but this is something that it's a phase we'll work through. Right. We did counseling for many years. We had never heard of the term rad. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, that's a term that was new to me two years ago. So yeah. eight years in. Right. Um, we were about six years in, if that ah. makes you feel any better. Yeah. <laughs> it does make you feel a little better <laughs> because I'm, I, I, you know, and yes, we, we, I would go to friends and who also had children our age and I wouldn't give them the worst of the worst. You know, I would mm -hmm. just kind of sprinkle some things just right. to see like, is this something yeah. you experienced too? If yeah. am I? And usually the response I would get back is that, oh, that's typical you know, toddler, typical kindergartner, typical, and all the way up to middle school teen, you know, that's typical. And, you know, I knew that I was withholding, you know, some serious bigger stuff, right. But mm -hmm. I also wasn't sure if that was going to be, if it was safe to share that with, with other moms that, and of course, again, most of, most of my friends that I'm going to are friends that they're raising their biological children whom they cared for and were not abused nor neglected right as as infants yeah so i wasn't really going to people who were in similar uh, family experiences as myself right. so yeah it was very tough it was very very isolating yeah and you know you sound similar to me where i would talk with a friend and she was a great parent and same thing i would just say certain things and I always say I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what, and it was frustrating mm -hmm. because I would talk to my friends and I would be doing the exact same things the <laughs> right. way they were parenting, <laughs> but the results were, I wasn't getting what they were getting, right? Mm -hmm. The responses and stuff. Did you feel that way too? Absolutely. And in fact, when I started responding more appropriately that I found to my kids to what they needed that's when the judgment started coming in from my friends who we were parenting similarly to a certain point. Right. And then would they, you know, the judgment came in that why can't your, why can't your children participate in this activity or why right. can't they, why can't you just let them go and do stuff on their own over here? And, and you seem to be a little controlling and those, and so things started it, but then I knew I'm like, well, I tried the way that everybody else is parenting mm -hmm. and that's not working. So mm -mm. No. I need, I know that I, I, I can't leave my children unattended. And yeah. even if other people can leave the same age, children unattended, mine could not, would not function. People would get hurt. So I'd, I had to kind of rein, rein them in. And that does not go over well with 
you know, friends, extended family, that it looks right. very different than yeah. typical parenting. And um, it didn't necessarily change the behaviors of my kids, but it, it limited the impact, the negative impact that they were having on others right, uh, and themselves. Yeah. So that's really, it was just basically trying to manage as best as we could. Did you ever have somebody that you felt you could really open up to, or were you alone in that through this? Basically you and your husband, I guess. Well, and I'd say I was, I was pretty alone. I tried. And again, I, I went to, I tried my mother-in-law. Um, mm. I tried different friends, but I wasn't being completely fully honest right, about all the behaviors. Um, or opening up about everything. Right. right? And yeah. I would, yeah. I'd be met with, again, that, that, you know, you seem a bit negative or you seem, mm-hmm. a bit, and I'm, I, I didn't know how to respond to that. So, you know, it, it's, and my husband really didn't see things. He would tell me, I don't see things the way you see things. Right. Because of that triangulation going on. Yes. The behaviors, as we know, with the yeah. nurturing enemy and all of that type of, you know, aspect of it. Um, the mom. So yeah, it was several years and, you know, I felt like maybe I am too negative. I started internalizing all of that. Maybe, maybe my children aren't doing these things on purpose. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of that, Mm -hmm. but then I'd see, and I'm like, but yet they are. So how do I reconcile that? Yeah. It's the biggest mind game out there. It's you just, it's like being tossed around in a salad bowl, mm-hmm. right? You don't know what is up, what's real Mm-mm. anymore. So to go back, I know, and you may not want to talk about this and I understand if you don't, but those behaviors that you didn't want to talk about, are you open to talking about what they were or is that too much? I can try with a few, um, okay. but it, it is still difficult because- yeah partly because they are, they, they, they are family and I still have that where I want to protect, but then, (laughs) but then I know that that's not healthy, keeping it buried. And, um, right. So, uh, one example is, and again, it feeds into the mind games. Mm. Um, and this took place with our third that we brought in about three years ago. Uh, so at the time she was about eight, Okay. And she, uh, we sat down for dinner, which we did most nights. I had made spaghetti, which specifically was her favorite thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking this could possibly be a good evening. You know? Right. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. But again, I didn't understand rad <laughs> at the time. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, she'll, she'll appreciate this. She'll enjoy dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when we sat down, we went to pray and she asked if she could be excused from the table very formally just said, you know, mommy, may I please be excused from the table? I was impressed by that, you know, and right. then she's like, you know, and, and I said, sure. And then she's like, I'd like to get my Bible. And we're like, well, what parent's going to say no, to, you know, <laughs> right. we're, we're about to eat, but okay. You know, right. want to go bring your Bible to dinner. That's great. Sure. And so, um, so she stood up and the, our, our dinner table is in our kitchen. Okay. And she stood up. She walked over to the middle of the kitchen and turned around and just stared at me. And that's when I start, like after a few moments of that, I realized this is, she was set off, whether Mm -hmm. it was a spaghetti or something, she was Mm -hmm. set off and she's 
she's going about to go into meltdown mode. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we had already seen a lot of, <laughs> of behavior. So we knew that if we told her to sit back down or tried to coax her in that that was only going to make things worse. Escalate it. Yeah, exactly. So we decided, okay, we're just going to move forward with, you know, we prayed and we're just going to start eating because there are other children at the table right. and we're just going to, and when she's ready to join us, she can join us. Right. So we, we ate, she stood there for 20 minutes, just staring at me and, um, not like not breaking eye contact, like just staring. And then once um, my husband was like, okay, you know, let's like take your plates to the sink. She started screaming in the middle of the kitchen saying, um, you're starving me. You're starving me. You're not letting me eat. And her plate had been sitting there the whole time. No one's at this point, none of us have even touched it. We're just cleaning up, we're standing up to clean up our own plates. Right. And she runs into the living room and starts throwing stuff um, in the living room. Just talking about again, how, how you know, horrible we are for, you know, that we always starve her. We never let her eat anything. And it's, you know, it's very confusing <laughs> and it might, and my biological girls, you know, have seen so many things. This is not that what I'm sharing is not a, <laughs> a huge blow up, but it was still just indicative of, of the everyday that you just don't, you don't know how to handle How, what do you do? Right. And right. Um, from there she went and grabbed a somehow jumped up and grabbed a curtain rod. She's only eight, but she grabbed right. a curtain rod off of her window in her room and um, came at me with it and ran me in the stomach with it. And you just, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of glassy eyed because <laughs> there's no amount of convincing that, yes, of course you can eat. You know, we've already been through all of those tactics of trying exactly to, like, oh, the like parenting right here. Right. right. Like, yeah. Like, oh, we want you to eat. We've, we've tried all of that. Everything. Times everything. Yeah. And so it really was the, the guidance we were getting to at this point was like, you just need to let her, uh, the idea was just, just let her come around when she right. ready to sit and eat, then she'll sit and eat on like, her and terms out for her on her terms. Mm-hmm. But that also obviously wasn't backfired really either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. There's, there's some other issues like our, our, that would come up repeatedly. Our oldest, as uh, she was going through puberty and this is when it's a little a little difficult to talk about. There's a lot of morbid things, you know, I'm sure that you're mm-hmm. somewhat familiar with, but um, uh, one thing, it wasn't so morbid as it was just the hygienic stuff. That's a big she, one. Yeah. Right. Oldest, um, and she actually just told us this a couple of weeks ago too. We already knew, but she admitted right. to it on a video call a couple of weeks ago and we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, you already know. We, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we, 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 we knew. That. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But she would save pads and tampons um, and bring them into her room and hide them in her room and then put them in boxes and like put them in her dresser, the used stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in her pillowcases, all just all over the place. And so, you know, we've, again, we tried the first time I started seeing this, I was like, uh, what is <laughs> we this? talked about? Yeah, we're yeah. like, okay. You know, we because we had gone through all of the stuff of how to. I mean, over yes. the months and months, and so, so much training and preparation yes. and re- yes. repetition. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we were like, okay, she knows this is not okay, but and she's grossed out by things, so I don't right. I mean, like it's not. But she let us know a couple of weeks ago that um, that her intention for that uh, was to 
upset us mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then, then to let people know that to then lie to people about what her aspect of what she was doing and just tell people that we were upset with her when she was on her period. Right. <laughs> so that twisting and like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So that I, the links that they go to, to yes. create that situation to twist it around. Right. Yes. And yes. Make and there's yeah. 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 Some, some behaviors involving our biological daughter. And that's, you know, that's the stuff that, again, is, is difficult to talk about. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing what you did. And the reason I ask and, you know, is because I think that sometimes when we don't talk about this, we like you were feeling alone. And, and you know, I don't know if it's a shameful feeling or embarrassing or all of that, mm-hmm. but most parents and families don't have to experience these things. And it is weird. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's embarrassing. You don't understand. And, you know, who wants to talk about that? Even, you know, right. with people that understand, right? <laughs> right. It's right. nobody, be, you know, and so, but I think that it's important. And I thank you for that because anybody listening and all of us have those stories and, and maybe that will help us at least know that we're not alone or these things happen. And so thank you for, for that. I wanted to tell you our dinner that went wrong was the favorite dinner was beef stroganoff. <laughs> so your <laughs> spaghetti you night was our beef stroganoff. <laughs> some, and some not just one night, but related, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Exactly. But that, that feeling just, yep. of like, I'm going to make your favorite dinner. We're going to have, <laughs> everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'll, I'll do something nice for yeah. you that, that, that will make you feel happy when you come from and school comfortable and, and yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. No. Nope. So, yeah. so yeah. that's funny. We all have probably one of those or more dinner stories. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your husband didn't see a lot of it going on. Did he see that night at the kitchen? And he did. did. Yeah. Okay. He did. Um, that was towards, that was in the, just a, a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. Up until that point though, really within probably a few months of prior to that event, we were not doing well. Mar- our marriage was not doing well. And, and just there's so much triangulation going on that we didn't quite understand that that's yeah. what was happening. Right. What did triangulation look like in your family, if you don't mind mm-hmm. sharing? Wow. Well, that's, um, you know, I, I think that for me, that's pretty much been the most harmful behavior and yeah. subtle uh, yeah. that our kids displayed. Right. Um, we had a lot of violent behaviors that came out in two of our three, um, but I think those even pale in comparison to the damage that was done in triangulation. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, our, very... my bruises healed, but, uh, there's right. estrangement in family members and relationships that I don't know how long it'll take. Right. If ever to overcome. So that's a very powerful thing you just pointed out. Uh, yeah. It's, right? it's, it's hard. It's hard to acknowledge because it's easy for us as the adults, you know, I'd get upset with my husband. He'd be upset with me. Mm-hmm. I'd be upset with my in-laws. They'd be upset with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, all the while, our 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 rad children are just grinning ear to ear, running the show. Yeah, and and yeah. this was by design. Um, by design. By design. So mm-hmm. it's it's and it started so long ago. First time where I really felt like, um, okay, I you know one of my children is is like trying to 
caused tension between my mother-in-law and me right um, on purpose was when she was in first grade so that young yeah <laughs> she was in first grade this is our our middle child um and we had been working since kindergarten on just starting to learn to cite, you know, read sight words. Right. And, um, and she was, um, uh, actually all, all of our girls with rad were amazing readers and partly maybe because of the hypervigilance, I don't know, but they really were just taking it all in. Right. And, um, so I was really, really, you know, proud of her for just being so good at reading sure. these, these books. And my mother-in-law came to visit us. And my um, daughter brought one of the books out that my daughter has read at least a dozen times. Yes. Um, we had not read that one to her because she had brought it home from school and she's like, you know, she wanted to read it for us. So she just, we just, that was great. Yeah. Uh, so my mother-in-law's there. My daughter decides to, you know, like, okay, I'm going to show you this book. And my mother-in-law is like, oh, you know, you're going to read this to me. And she starts crying. My, my daughter with red starts crying and says, I can't read. And, and then I, and then I say, I <laughs> cannot understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Sure you can. Right. And, you know, of course you can read. You read that book a bunch of times and you're so good at it. You know, show, show Oma how you can do that. And she just looks at me. My daughter looks at me with just like her big eyes and mm. just crocodile tears are just mm. flowing. And she's like, mommy, I can't read. You know, why are you saying that? I can't read. I don't know how to read. And my mother-in-law kind of looks at me and she's like, it's okay. You know, don't push her to read. It's right. She doesn't know how to read. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm trying oh. to figure out what's going on. Right. And I'm like, okay. I, and then do I keep pushing in? Do I step back and try to figure right. out? Right. Like, is she anxious in this moment or what? And, you know, my mother-in-law kind of dried away her tears and stuff. And they sat there and, and my mother-in-law helped her you know, by reading, by saying the words for her and doing oh all the stuff gosh. for her. And I, I was just, you're going crazy inside. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? You know, oh my gosh. she's not regressing, but yet like, I just, I couldn't figure out what was happening. Yeah. And of course I shared that story with my husband when he got home that night and he's like, what, you know, cause she would, all the reading she would do usually would just be with me. Oh, interesting. And so <laughs> You know, I, which I hadn't realized. Mm-hmm. So there, there, it started young and it was yeah. small things like that, but it builds and yeah. it really built up to where, um, you know, the, I mean, they would, my girls with rad would steal things from my in-laws, but then basically say it's because I wasn't allowing them to have sweets or did, which is not true. Right. And none of these things were true, Nope. but you know, who's, who's gonna, what yeah. grandparents going to be thinking, oh, my grand my sweet little grandchild here is making up manipulating me and yeah and lying yeah no I know you know why would they do that you know all of that so um to this day uh there's still very it's a very tenuous relationship with our in-laws and our our biological daughter unfortunately um isn't interested at this moment at least in the past year or so um in having a close relationship with my in-laws no, uh, because she feels like she saw what was happening. So she did see. So she did. Yes. Our biological okay. saw what was happening right. and, um, and would see, you know, they would, cause we would send the girls to Oma and Opa's all together. You know, they would do a week in the summer and, and right. she see her, her sister stealing yeah. stuff and, and 
you know, trashing stuff and trying to get things online that were inappropriate and trying to show her like, she'd see all that. And then she'd see the grandparents and the aunts love on them in a way where, you know, not, not calling them out or holding them accountable for any of that. And the other girls would lie about all of it and blame, um, or blame our biological. Right. So there was just a lot of that triangulation. Hi, everybody. Well, you know, Rad Talk with Tracy collaborates with a fabulous organization called Rad Advocates, and I've got some news to share. Rad Advocates is hosting their first conference, Navigating Rad 2021, and it's happening this summer. The conference is going to be held in Denver, Colorado from August 20th to the 21st. Registration will open soon. So hop on the website and sign up for emails to get those announcements at radadvocates.org. And remember, this isn't going to be the only conference. It's the first. So make sure you're signing up for those emails so that you're getting updates of everything that comes down the pike in the future. And in the meantime, think about your travel plans to Denver the weekend of August 20th to 21st. And what was that like for your biological daughter? Because that's got to be a lonely place for her, just like what you're experiencing. You're seeing all this stuff, but then, you know, none of it's making sense. They're doing this, but people aren't treating them the way dealing with the things that are happening (laughs) and then they're blaming it on her. And so what, what was, or do you know what that was like for her? Oh, that's a great question. Um, What she shared with me and it's, it's, been very difficult for her to open up Yeah, about, uh, she, there's still some things we know that occurred that she hasn't opened up about, uh-huh. but she has shared that it just, um, you know, that, that injustice, that feeling mm. of injustice, um, and that she wanted to be that peacemaker and protect the rest of us basically. Right. And so it was, it was really difficult for her to see. She would, she would confess to things that she didn't do mm. purely just so we could have some resolution on, wow. you know, these, these issues because it was just to get through it. Oh yeah, my goodness. That's... Yes. And that broke my heart yeah. um, hearing that. And so, I mean, she, you know, she has her own story. It's, it, it, it is interesting that I grew up actually in a similar, somewhat similar circumstance. I've came to realize after starting this ministry for rad yeah. for siblings yeah that I actually am a sibling of rad which really? I yes and I I wow I did not piece that together until a counselor helped me through that they're like do you see the how you and I was like oh so then wow. I went and recreated it in my own family oh my god so that's taken a lot of working through but in that way my biological and I have been able to I can, I've been able to somewhat help her heal, but also she's able to see what happens if you don't. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, that you can then perpetuate. Yeah. Th- these types of um, right situations in your own family. And then you have that connection. Unfortunately, you know, it's mm-hmm. being a sibling of rad, but at least she's got someone, I would think that's comforting to know that you really know on a deeper level of what she Mm -hmm. has experienced to some degree. How Mm -hmm. old is your biological daughter now? She's 12. 12. Okay. Gotcha. And you know, 
Yeah. And to be so young and you're just learning the world and this crazy stuff is happening mm -hmm. and that's your normal, you know, but you know, <laughs> it's not normal. And right. I can't imagine. I mean, it's hard enough for the adults and the moms, especially I can't even imagine mm -hmm. for a child. And she, yeah, she, she felt like it was on her shoulders to keep us all yeah. afloat. Right. And that's um, very common. You know, I hear yep. that from other parents and mm -hmm. they're, yeah, biological. Yeah, she are three girls with Brad are currently out of our home. Mm -hmm. They're in different programs right now. Um, and that has brought a tremendous amount of healing to right. uh, our biological as well as our my my marriage with my yeah. husband. I mean, we were very close to yeah. ending our marriage, and mm -hmm, and uh, that's not even you know, it's not even in the realm of possibility at this point. Uh, and really it's, it had, we continued with our, our girls trying to manage their behaviors on our own here in our home. Yeah. Uh, they, we wouldn't, we would have completely fallen apart as a family. Yeah. A yeah. Because you are falling apart as a family because yes. like you say, yeah, triangulation. And mm -hmm. so if you don't mind me asking, and again, because I, I assume, but I do know that a lot of parents and families go through that marital stuff because it is very different for the, the dad and the mom most mm -hmm. times, right? And like you're saying, the mom is the nurturing enemy. So you get the stares, you get all the stuff that's subtle and not seen. And it is really, honestly, it's 24 hours a day, yes. you know, and when you're not, even when you're sleeping, I think you relive this and, <laughs> yes. you know, or you've got one eye open or, yes. you know, my husband, one in the middle of the night, uh, he woke up listening to me talking and I was having a conversation with our daughter and I was very stern, but I was trying to say, stay calm. And he thought it was so real. He thought I was literally on the phone with her Mm -hmm. and having a real discussion, but that's how it plays out. You know, mm -hmm. even when you're trying to rest and, and heal from yes. the day, just through sleep, it's still there. And so the dad, so for your husband, he didn't, he didn't really see it and it wasn't targeted at him. Correct. What was his relationship like? Well, I think he had a, he had a turning point. It really, up until that point, we're, we were trying to work on our marriage and we had really no issues outside of, of this, but if this became, this is all encompassing. And what kind of things would you not agree on or argue about or clash on causing um, that tension? Well, I, I honestly, for me, I felt like here I'm in this, this sounds so dramatic, but this is how I would describe it, that yeah. I am surviving abuse. Mm-hmm. And my own husband doesn't believe me mm -hmm. and that these things are happening simply because he's not around when it happens. Right. And if and you told him it happened, what, what kind of response? He, he'd minimize, yeah. you know, he'd been, and, and it was just this idea of this, I got the same responses from my friends early on that right. whole, you know, maybe you're just a little too critical. Overreacting. Maybe this is, yeah. you know, you're overreacting. Maybe they yeah. didn't mean that to right. do that. Um, and you're right so about he, that part about well, that's, that's normal. They're a teenager. This, right, they're this, right. or they're this Absolutely. age and that's normal. Kids and you know, lie. kids, you know, yeah. kids, kids tell fibs, you know, right. there's things like that. And, you know, and, oh, I'm sure they didn't mean to, you know, really like, I'd say like, you know, 
she punched me. Mm-hmm. She hit me. Mm-hmm. And it was this, oh, you know, that's, that's exaggerated. Like, right. I'm sure it was just some kind of accident, something. She didn't and, mean it that hard. Or, yes. Yeah, and so no, that was devastating to me. The fact yeah. that my husband wasn't believing me. Right. And now having worked through that, I realized how difficult it would be for him to believe because mm. what he saw was very different. Mm-hmm. My girls, <laughs> literally one of my daughters, um, was right before my husband came home from work one, one evening, I was doing dishes and she came up to me and she got into my face, like where her nose was, was touching my nose. And she stuck her finger like in my face mm. and just started letting me have it. Right. And then the, the garage door opens and my husband comes into the house and she puts her finger down, goes back down on her, like no longer an aggressive stance. Right. And she's like, daddy mm-hmm. and runs towards him. And I'm like, what, right. you know, what, I, I what? And what? then she turns around, smiles at me and, and mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm the like, smile I, isn't just a smile. It's a mischievous smile. Oh, it's yes. It. It's like, this. He will yeah. never believe you. Mm-hmm. He'll never believe you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, it, so it was, it was really difficult, but the, the turning point, unfortunately was when it, there was an event where it was directed at my husband and oh. then he saw it and I could see the expression, the look on his face. And it was like the scales falling off his eyes. <laughs> it was like this. Oh my gosh, this everything is everything is making sense now. Yes. Like yeah. my wife wasn't making this stuff up. Right. Like this is actually happening. So mm-hmm. that was when um, uh, I was teaching at a, a computer classes at my daughter's school and um my oldest, I asked her to come into the computer lab for lunch and nobody else is in there. And, uh, she came in and she walked in, picked up a chair and threw it at me. Wow. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know what she does at home. She's going to, she's now doing here at school right. in public. And of course, nobody's seeing this because the yeah. lab is empty and she made sure nobody else was around. Right. <laughs> she threw it at yeah. me. Um, so I, I picked up the phone. I tried a deescalator. Um, it didn't, help or work. There's nothing I could do or say or not do or say. She just stormed out. And uh, so I called my husband and just said, look, she just threw a chair at me. You're going to need to come to school and Mm -hmm. take her home or figure, we're going to figure something out. I got some classes I still got to teach and, but I don't want her hurting somebody here. Mm -hmm. And, and I also was embarrassed. I'm like, I don't want people to see her and it's horrible, but it's, it's like, I don't want the domestic violence that happens in our house. I don't want people to see. Isn't that the truth? It's so embarrassing. And yeah, you don't, and you don't know what's going to happen or when, and Mm -hmm. it's, oh, I know exactly what you're feeling. Yeah. And and it's not going to be normal, you know, and no. so it's going nope. to stand out and make people think or question and not be what they expect. You know that. And so yep. you're living on that constant angst as well. Yes. Right. And, and there are moments where, you know, there was, I would shy away. I mean, my, the whole fight, 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 freeze thing would kick in for me yeah. where I would shy away or I would not fight physically fight back, but I would, you know, try to assert myself. Right. And then, you know, whenever that, whenever I would do that, you know, inevitably somebody would walk by and just hear me. Right. The angry mom. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's this, they had no idea that my child just punched me, you know, right. Right. (laughs) And I'm telling them, you know, you're not to do that. Yeah. And 
they missed the whole first part. And so, <laughs> but my husband took, came that day, took my daughter home and on the way home, um, it was, uh, she apparently just started cussing him out and that was a first for him. And so she's calling him all sorts of names and all this stuff. And really? then when they got home, I had brought my other children home. We had gone inside. My daughter that he was driving home, he, uh, she was refusing to get out of the car. And so he went and he unbuckled. And when he unbuckled her seatbelt, she just hauled off and started, like she knocked his glasses off and started swinging at him. And again, continuing to cuss him out. She yeah. gets out on the lawn and um, our front yard <laughs> and oh, she no. starts trying to like wrestle, like take him down. Oh no. My husband is six, two, wow. 200 pounds. <laughs> he's just like a gentle giant. Yes. Um, yeah. And so he, and he's, and I'm looking out the window and I'm like getting horrified. My, yes. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to get my other children like down to the basement. And I'm looking in the window and I'm just seeing the look on my husband's face. Like, oh my gosh, that all these stories are true. Mm -hmm. All these things that I thought couldn't be, lo and behold, right. um, this is real. This is happening. Yeah. And so that was, a, that was the turning point in our marriage. Right. And as sad and unfortunate, as was, yeah, yeah. Right. Unfortunate yes. has to happen, but thank God. Thank God. Right. Because I, I mean, I, at that point he started, he's, it was this, he would, he believed me. And that's really what I needed as a wife to know yeah. is that, you know, my husband, while he might not be able to physically protect me from it, right. um, especially you're validated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he at least could validate that. Okay. Yeah. You're not crazy. Right. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's not okay. It's not okay. So once that turning point happened, what changed? I'm, you know, did you ever, how did you figure out it was rad? And did you, what happened from that point on? We, we had been in counseling for years, but it was yeah. with a general counselor, mm -hmm. Christian counselor, who's super nice guy. Right. Um, super nice guy. Well-meaning. No, yeah. Yep. Had no <laughs> clue what he had been dealing with. I, we right. had him, I first came to him for anger issues because <laughs> again, I'm guaranteed I'm the problem. Yes. yes. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I clearly, I'm the issue here. And yeah. so, um, and Monica, and then, did you find that you, this is just sort of interrupt, but you know, I found that I became a very, a person I didn't even know. And yes. that's not the mom I wanted to be. I was very short tempered, mm -hmm. angry, not sleeping, but just constantly living in that chronic stress. But yeah, I was short tempered and, and angry. That's why I'm kind of laughing mm -hmm. because I can absolutely see and, and putting it on yourself. Well, this must be me, right? Yes. It must, be it must be a parenting thing. It must be something I'm doing or my issues or my triggers. Yes, That's where we absolutely. go. Right. That's exactly and, where we go. And it was yeah. because I did, I, I exactly right. I was turning into somebody that I, I'm like, this is, it isn't me. No. This is not, and not that I'm this perfect mom by right. no means, but I am, I like, I'm just enveloped in anger yeah. constantly. Yes. And I can't stand that no. <laughs> myself. No. So I need to, I need to work on me and I need to figure out, you know, how I can handle things better. And mm. what I wasn't understanding, of course, at that time for several years was anything to do with, you know, my, my children have this disorder right. and they are, you know, they're, they're literally abusing me. And yeah, I would never have used that term before or anything no. like that, but that's exactly what that is. Yeah. And so yeah. 
it's yeah once it's that okay well no no wonder I'm now I'm I was I'm traumatized and so now and but it also has given me some compassion now for them right you know so yes I know now I get in a way why when they left their environment they couldn't just leave it behind Mm -hmm. that that stuff's stayed with them yeah because even the healing it's taken place it's taken us you know a year better part of a year to yeah to work through stuff after our children were gone right and at that age a younger age it kind of imprints on you right and yes yeah yes and I was teaching for a couple of years and I mean pretty much all teens and all kids became a trigger Mm. for me because yes I'm teaching my own children and I have three with rad you know, and they're in those, these classrooms and I'm seeing them manipulate their classmates and then get trying to get their classmates to basically turn like, I mean, it was just. What were so, their relationships oh. like at school and with other classmates? How did that go for them? Um, did they have know, friends? Sort of. They've had people yeah. they used. Yeah. You know? Okay. And then they would gravitate towards other, you know, the, the one or two other kids in their class that had similar Yes. Issues. Right. They seek and, them out. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. so, and then, you know, with, it was tough. I mean, it was a lot of stealing, stealing from people and that's, right. that's friendship to them. Yeah. Like, okay. And, and I had calls from other parents, um, of different things. And mm-hmm. again, my ignorance at the time, I, I really didn't know how to handle it. I remember mm-hmm. at one point I told a, a mom, or I just asked, <laughs> asked her, she's like, um, called me to let me know that my daughter was, has been taking food from her daughter and like oh. her daughter started bringing lunches for my daughter. Oh, wow. Because my daughter is saying that, Sad. you know, she doesn't get fed. Yes. And so, and then, so my, my response to the mom was like, oh, can you please just stop having your daughter bring food for my daughter? Not that that's a bad, but I was just so, I, I, I couldn't figure out how to modify what no. my kids were doing at all. So and I right. really couldn't even, I didn't take responsibility or I didn't put the responsibility back on them. It was just right. like, Oh, just, you know, please stop bringing her food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think that's the problem right? so much as, you know, you know, it's, it's again, going back to the mind game, there's so much wrapped up in And sometimes when I start trying to think about it, I just feel like my brain gets scrambled because, you know, there's things happening one-to-one with like mostly mom and child or children, right? And they're all those manipulative, they just wear you down, wear you down. And then you're trying to balance, still taking care of them, figuring out what's going on, helping them. Then you're putting all of this, or we put all of this, what must be me. And then there's marital stuff going on. Then there's friends, you're dealing with calls from principals, parents, Mm -hmm. and then and, and always, I think most of the time it's situations that aren't typical. And so like a lot of times you've said like, wait a minute, what is going on here? You, you can't even process in that moment, what's happening Mm -hmm. to even deal with it appropriately, but all of these little things. So our minds are, and our emotions um, are constantly on overdrive all the time and thinking, you know, even 
like going out in public, people wouldn't know that you're constantly like, Ooh, you know, Mm -mm. please don't do anything. Please don't do anything. If you do anything, what's going to happen to us? What's going to, where's this going to go? Right. Who are you going to tell? Or they're at school. What are they telling the teachers all the time? Right. And you don't know until some weird phone call happens or, (laughs) you know, you're in a parent teacher interview. And then you start realizing, Oh my gosh, they're doing this everywhere where I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it's so big. It is so, so big, big. It's so pervasive and it does. It affects every single relationship. Yeah. Anybody that knows your child that has come into contact with yeah. them, there is, there's some type of either they think that your child is great and they've yeah. fallen into that superficially charming aspect yeah. of your child, yeah. or they don't like how your child's treated their child. I mean, there's, right. and then that it, it is, it's very, um, insidious. It is very insidious. You know, you're reminding me, I remember our daughter was at a shelter and I went by to drop off clothes and toothbrush, whatever. And one of the workers came out to meet me in the parking lot because I wasn't comfortable going in and, um, just doing a quick drop. But I remember her saying, you know, your daughter is a really sweet kind. (laughs) She's such a great girl. And I thought, yeah, Mm -hmm. she is. But then she gave me this look again, like, no, she's a really nice kid. Mm -hmm. Like, what is wrong with you? You. What's wrong here? Because your daughter's just fine, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. We, we, I'm amazed. We we have one relationship still intact that (laughs) I thought for sure was not going to be, you know, it it was a a family where the older girls are babysitter for our kids for several years. And they're still close friends with ours. And oh, good the, I think the mom has told me the reason that she, that she has stayed close with us is in this, this, if people give a, gives them a little perspective, she, um, is, uh, her ex-husband was narcissistic or is narcissistic and abusive and all of that. So she went through and people didn't know mm-hmm. people saw him as like this great guy. And so she went through all of that for years, but her kids knew what was happening in their home and she knew. And so she eventually broke free of that. Um, Praise God. So, but that's, that seemed to be that connection because then she could relate and it's sad because we're talking children, but it's this, it's the same behaviors. It really is. And our, um, but yeah, she, they stayed in our, we're going to her graduation here in a couple of weeks. And it's just, it's too funny because I'm like, she, I don't, I don't, again, it's just amazing how that relationship stayed intact. But, um, but for several, several years, the babysitter didn't realize what was going on because they're so good at so good. manipulating, manipulating. Right. And, um, she would get on the case of our biological daughter for being too, <laughs> being too judgmental, oh. you know, and harsh with the other ones. And it was, right. And which again, that's how all of that works, right? Yeah. It's, you know, they'd steal stuff from one girl would steal stuff from another girl and then put it in our biological daughter's drawers. Right. And then, yeah. you know, and then our biological daughter half the time would just end up confessing. Cause she's just like, just let this end. Right. Like, you know, there's just so I much. Can't, yeah. Like and it's okay, happening all the time. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I took it, you know, like, yeah. and so it's, it's, yeah, it's, but they can, people can get very drawn in. And I mean, and honestly we did as well for, for a little while. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you sound similar to us. We didn't know what, what, we knew something was wrong, but we didn't know what, (laughs) and we didn't know how. And, um, so where are the, where are your nieces today and what, what kind of transpired? 
Well, we, um, they're in different programs right now. We're not specific as to where, just because sure, no, no. we have some family that, that's, yes. you know, would, but they're not at home. <laughs> they're not at home. Right. Interestingly enough, I just realized too, when you asked where we first heard of rad. Yeah. I tend to forget this, but we were actually told by another parent that happens to be a counselor at our kid's school, whom I didn't have much relationship with at all. She actually went to the school and (laughs) told the school that they should not allow one of my daughters that is in her daughter's class back into the school for the next year because she has something called RAD. Wow. And I, I was living. I had never heard of such a thing. And while I knew that there was yucky stuff going on at home, I felt like, who is this person who never even treated, hasn't, hasn't met, you know, treated my daughter Mm -hmm. who just doesn't want my daughter in her daughter's class on a side note for good reason. You know, (laughs) I didn't know that at the time. Right. No. Um, Mama bear. You know, she's thrown out this, this diagnosis without Mm. having even, you know, assessed her, assessed her and how, how could you? And so it, it caused all sorts of issues with our school. And lo and behold, you know, fast forward um, about a year from there, and uh, yeah, right on the diagnosis wow. was right on. <laughs> and we were like, oh. And unfortunately, you know, the the way the lady went about it wasn't wasn't the best way. Good. No, yeah. no. Yeah. But um, but you know, I really don't know. I, I obviously wouldn't have been open to it. I don't think at the time anyways, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to really have that thrown at me. And, and it's, it's so interesting because for me, at least I knew there was something wrong. I want my husband to see it. I want mm-hmm. others to see it yet. I didn't want it to be something like chronic or, right. um, super serious. Long term. Yeah. Yes. Just something that, okay acknowledge, validate, there's something wrong here and then we'll fix it. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, it's this thing that's really yucky. And it's and really hard you, to yes, fix. That, right. And that I really can't control. Mm-hmm. So once we went, once though, we got into counseling, the right counseling. The right counseling, the exactly. Right counseling, yeah. Yes. Uh, after that, then we did some intensives with, um, that was really difficult on us and our biological But we did some intensives, um, a 10 day one, well, two of our rads, we did that for two of our rads and, um, you know, taking off work, Mm -hmm. driving States away and, you know, lots of money and and the, the, it was, the treatment was great and the people involved were great, but the focus is again, it's, you you end up neglecting your non-rad child I did at least oh you neglect yeah the non-rad child gets yeah yeah like I mean she comes along because it's a family Mm -hmm. intensive and therapy and stuff but it's not she's literally left all day with like nothing like she can do puzzles interesting and it's because your focus it's all all the therapy everything is focused on that attachment and bonding and everything is for your child with rad Mm. and the parents and that relationship and so it, it just and that was, it's not on them at the, at the intensive. It was on us having spent, you know, that's how we lived our lives. It was yeah. squeaky wheel, putting fires out mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, our biological daughter, she says she's fine. She, she we yeah. about her. She's fine. Right. She's strong. <laughs> she's got this. Yep. Yeah. 
And did you have yeah. any difficulty because after years and years of that, what were your feelings towards these kids? I mean, mm-hmm. was it loving, affectionate? Were you, did you like them? Did you not like them? And then to try and be put into an intimate situation to rebuild, was that hard? Did you have to learn how to yes. open up again? Um, very, it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, I did start to, to resent them for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I, again, I, going back to not liking who you are doing it, yeah. I didn't like who I, who I had become and I couldn't, no part of me. And even to this day, I, I don't trust them. Mm. There's no, there's no trust there, which is really difficult because the whole thing is we're supposed to open ourselves completely. Right. Yeah. And for them to be able to trust us. And so I focused so much on that for so many years and then realizing that I I can't sleep, you know, I, because they talked about killing people. I mean, there's just all sorts of things. Yeah. So you're not, <laughs> I'm not able to separate out those words and behaviors. I, I still, I still struggle with that. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely more, um, compassionate at this point with the distance. Yes. Um, that's, that's, I can have more empathy for them in that way of mm-hmm. understanding, okay, they went through really, really tough stuff, which I knew to a point, Yeah. but I can, I can understand a little bit more now about how that affects you. Right. You know, long-term. And so there's been a physical separation, but do you feel you've also kind of separated yourself from in a way kind of letting go of those expectations of what your relationship was supposed to be or hoped to be once you kind of step back and let go of those expectations and distance Mm -hmm. yourself and treat it in a different way. You know, there's a lot of grief and letting go because you don't get what you want that most parents do get, or we think Mm -hmm. they get right. And yeah. So that grieving process was, you know, it's, it's taken a very long time and it's, it's a little more convoluted than, you know, than I thought it was going to be, but yeah. the denial for us, I was in that for so long. Were you? So, oh, so very long. Yeah. And, and again, I kept thinking, you know, they're by a lot, like they're related. This is, I love my nieces. I, you know, yeah. they're my daughters. I've done every like thing I can. Why think isn't of, this I, working? I die for them. Yeah. 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 And, and it's in that realization. Yes. With the distance now it's this, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want me to, they don't want parenting yeah, in the parent. And I've stopped focus. I've stopped making Trying that to be a, that. Yeah. Yes. And it's that. So yes, yeah, some healing has come with some healthier boundaries. For Good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm hoping that my, my biological daughter will um, learn that as well. Cause there's, you know, there's, there's definitely generational stuff right. where I, I, looking forward, you know, I'm just praying that, that my daughter heals enough to where she doesn't feel compelled to step in mm-hmm. for her sister, sister cousins. Right. Um, <laughs> and if, when, you know, if they have children at some point or they, yeah. that she doesn't feel like it's on her right. to, which like is what I did. Yeah. You know, I, I get again, sucked in and try bad. and help and make things better. Yes. Right. And then yes. they get in that cycle of being yes. that uh, enabler. Yeah, yes, right. Absolutely. And I used yeah. to think with my sister who's older, um, again, I mean, she's had five children, five daughters, mm-hmm. all of them were removed from her care due to abuse and neglect. Back when we were growing up though, I felt like, 
it was my responsibility to take care of her mm. and to keep the peace in my home because she had all sorts of issues and we didn't know that it was rad at right. the time either. But I knew that as an adult, she has borderline personality disorder. Oh gosh. Yeah. So I, you know, but we thought, okay, it's the drugs. It's all these other things that she got involved with. And, but it's really always been with her, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like it was on me to provide for her children. Yeah. And, um, and there's that family piece again too, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Because I, I grew up, yeah, I grew up trying to protect my parents from my sister and trying to keep everybody afloat. Mm-hmm. My parents eventually divorced yeah. as, when I was a young adult, you know, due to issues with my sister. Um, all those things that I, I never pieced together. Like I said, even after we started the ministry for siblings, right. it didn't occur to me that, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my story as well as yeah. you know, my, yeah. my biological daughter. So right. yeah, that's my, my prayer for her. And as we're working oh. through is that, okay, it's, you don't have to fix them. Yeah. You can't fix them. Yeah. You know, you, you need to work on being healthy yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can help others and care for others and love others. Yeah. And specifically for your sisters, you can love them without becoming enmeshed and, mm-hmm. and enabling, like you said. Yeah. So, you know, I talked with a, a counselor, Dwayne Orser, and I loved something he said is you can, you know, you can still say no or set boundaries and still be lovable. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Because yeah. I mean, that's, you know, again, I, I, that's the relationship I have with my sister now as well. Um, and it's taking me 40 years <laughs> to get there to realize, okay, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't have to say yes to like here, you know, mm-hmm. I'll get you a car. Yes. I'll get you, you know, I'll help you with this. And, you know, yeah, well, it's, it's, I worry it's, about that with our son too. And it's yeah. trying to teach them those boundaries early on so that they can still maintain a, healthy, positive relationship, but not get sucked into being the helper, the enabler and take care and make up for everything and, and get manipulated in that way too. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's how I I felt like, you know, I, as a teen and young adult, especially, I felt like, well, if my parents, my parents must've made some mistake. I also Mm -hmm. thought that, yeah, (laughs) that, that, you know, they may not have been able to figure this out, Mm -hmm. but I can figure it out. (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, well, you know, and, and she's my sister and I'll, I'll, I can, I know her tricks and I know this and I can manage this well. And I, I remember telling a friend of mine, this is after we chose to adopt our, our first two. I remember telling this friend and she just kind of cocked her head and looked <laughs> at me silly. And, and, and I'd said, you know, I, I think I have really good boundaries with, with my sister. And she's kind of looking at me like, <laughs> you just took in two of her children. Mm. <laughs> like, like, you know, and I'm like, I think I finally figured this out yeah. of how not to enable her and how not to, you know, oh. feel like it's my responsibility to fix her. And she's right. like, I don't think okay. that's what you think yeah. it means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, not that it was, it was wrong for us to do that, no. but it, it's, it's just something that, you know, we, it's a process. Yeah, exactly. It's a process. So the goal for your nieces are, is it to ever come back and be home or do you know, or we don't know. Um, it's still, we don't know. I mean, we, we Mm. pretty much are, it really is, you know, uh, up to them, honestly, Mm. as far as if they heal. Yeah. And we understand again, my sister's in her late, you know, mid to late forties, the healing hasn't come. Mm-hmm. you know, for her and, and she hasn't 
she's pursued it through different ways, um, lots of different therapies, lots of different um, treatment centers and all sorts of things, but she still is, she still struggles. So our, we're not expecting that. Right. We're not expecting our girls to be able just to, you know, at age that's not 16, an option. Yeah. Right. Get, you know, get better. But um, if, if that happens. So your boundary is that if they heal and get better and show improvement, you'd be open to it, but yes, but I don't otherwise. know. And, and it's interesting because if we try to tease that out, I don't really know what that would um, look like yeah. again with the trust. Right. I, you know, I don't know. It, it, it would certainly need to be a extended period of time mm-hmm. and a set. I mean, we, we've, I, we've, we have teased it out a little bit and the girls are aware, but they, they pretty much acknowledge that for each of them, they, they really, they just, they still don't fully see what's wrong with what they're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, with the lacking of the, the remorse and, and empathy for others. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I mean, we're, yeah, it's tough. I mean, we, we certainly are, are healing on our own. So it's hard to imagine them coming yeah. back, but, um, but we're yeah. open to, you know, again, like I said, if, if the Lord leads us in that direction right. and shows us that, Hey, look, there's been this miraculous healing or mm-hmm. they've, you know, <laughs> they're, they've chosen that path and they right. are working on that. then, then we'll go from there. Gotcha. This is one of the examples of behavior that came to mind too, that I thought maybe others could relate to in that manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, with one of my daughters, we'd walk in uh, to church and she'd go to hold my hand and then she'd um, dig her nail into my hand on the inside of it and turn and smile at me. And it was like this, like, nobody knows what I'm doing to you. Mm-hmm. And again, like that nobody will believe and you. You can't so. do anything. Nope. Right. And if you, if you yell at me right now or say, ow, you know, people are right. going to think you're nuts because yeah. I'm smiling and right. I'm <laughs> holding. And isn't hand. it just unbelievable how much they know or how they can do that at such a young age, yes. like that it's a survival skill and yes. manipulation and triangulation, but ama- they do it amazingly well, but how you can even manage to think in those ways mm-hmm. and act and do and perform and, it's, it's just and mind I think blowing. As a, yeah. As uh, you know, those of us with somewhat healthy minds, right. We, right? Like, <laughs> we, we don't have a real frame of reference for that. Right. It's this, our mind, our mind goes to yeah. why, yeah. Well, why they, like, where do they get that idea? Mm-hmm. They must have that idea. Like, where do they get? It's a great and, point. Yeah. And instead of it being like, just acknowledging, yeah, they, they did that and they did that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you there. never think kids are going to do <laughs> no. something so so malice on purpose no. or no. that they even have those intentions and thoughts. No. Right. And that's think that something must've provoked it. Yeah. That's I must exactly have done it. something. Yeah. I'm a, somebody says yeah. something or I, you know, they got their hand, like yeah. some other kid was influencing them or I mm. lost my temper, like whatever we right. think that I must've given them a weird look or I yeah. triggered them in some way. And the hard thing too, is I think that also, you know, I could always relate to why people would think, it's a parenting thing from their perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got uh, fairly typical children or child and tip your parent, your typical parenting works. And, you know, that's just how it rolls. And so you can see why they'd be like, Hmm, what is up here? (laughs) Right. And then the less we talk about it and try and hide it, because of course you don't want to show that side, (laughs) right. It's humiliating, embarrassing. and, And again, you, 
as the parent, I think often internalize it as, well, maybe it is me. It is a parenting issue. What am I doing? And, uh, you know, it just keeps it stuffed down and um, it's, 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 it's true. Tough, you know, it's true. And, and yeah. yeah, we, we isolate ourselves and, and yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. just, it seems less painful. It is less painful. You and know. you don't want the judgment and you don't want to look mm. like a bad parent because nope. you're not, but you know, you don't even want to get into that discussion and, and have that magnifying glass on you. Yes. Because right? naturally people, I mean, that's what, that's what we all do, right? I mean, people look at other parents, we look at other parents and yeah. if we see the kids misbehaving or something, we're like, Hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'd handle it this way. And the, right. like, the parents must not be handling it. <laughs> you know, or or it's like if the parents seem uh frazzled mm. and the kids look cute, it's yeah. like this, wow, that right. that mom doesn't have it together. She's, right. you know, you know, her kid's doing great in spite of her. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And I think right. we we just yeah, it's it's these uh. awful judgments that that but it does come naturally, mm-hmm. I think, to to parents. I had a, a friend a couple of days ago that I caught up with that I hadn't talked to in a few years. And she knows my girls with Brad. She has a daughter that's, that's the same age. And, um, I mean, her eyes were just like huge because, and I told her, I was, I'm like, well, this, she was asking me all sorts of questions. And I'm like, this is practice for me. Cause I'm not used to talking to people who aren't in the commute, like who aren't in the know right. at this point. Right. <laughs> like, but I'm like, I, you know, I'll give this a try. And then she says, she's mm-hmm. like, just, I mean, she, I, I have no idea what she went home to tell her husband about after. It's probably like this. <laughs> that our friend has lost her mind. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know, but she, um, she did mention to me that they are considering, or they were considering fostering at some point. She's like, and I said, because you've done such a great job with your two other kids and you have a stable home and, and mm-hmm. you can love on it. And she's like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, you know, that's why yeah. That's, you know, that's why we, that's it's how you, know, you go in. Right. Yeah. 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 And so it's that, you know, it's just, just, and not every go- adoptive kid has no. Brad, right. And so, you know, it may not be the case, but right. it may be. And then, right. You the have, system just, isn't set up to prepare. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of, of, you know, well, no matter the kid's background, everything will be great because yeah. we are solid. Right. And that's the part where it's this, just that opening your mind to, like you said, with expectations yeah, and being able to accept the child for where they are mm-hmm. and where they're at in their journey, yeah. <laughs> because you're not going to be able to force them to, no, no. to do. And really even with anything. a heads up, it's still going to be hard and yes. crazy, but I think just going in with a little foresight can be enough to at least survive it a little bit better, maybe, maybe, and at least, at least, you know, you can talk about it. Maybe, yeah. you know, like right. this, okay, I've, I've, pe- I heard people talking about this before. Yeah. So I'm, this can't be the first time, you know, exactly. whereas the rest of us going into it thinking, you know, I'm going to bring them in and, and love them, love and- them and they're going to feel that love. Yeah. And everything's going to be okay. The fairy yeah. tale, right? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it's great that we're all talking about it and raising awareness so that maybe we don't have to hide and be as judged and maybe bigger systems will change, you know, and you were making me think of a story. It's not a, it it was with our daughter with rad and it's not a, 
bad behavior story, it was just kind of an aha moment for some of my friends and family. We, we went, um, I'm originally from Canada. And so we like to go back every summer and I get together with a good close group of friends and their kids and my husband and our kids. And so we, it was the first year we did this. We planned this trip at a lake and we rented a big house together and just pitched in. And so all the kids could run around and be crazy and have fun. And, you know, there were always awkward moments with our daughter and not really connecting and being weird with, you know, the other, you could see the kids were like, what's going on. But I remember our daughter was out in the front yard and all of a sudden you just heard this scream and it wasn't a typical kid scream of being scared or silly. It was this scream that just resonated through into mm. your core. That was the most bizarre sounding creepiest. I don't know what it was, but it just came from the yard. And my husband and I know who knew who it was immediately because we've heard that before and we've heard it every night. But mm -hmm. I remember we were in the kitchen and I remember just looking and seeing the faces <laughs> of um, my friend and my sister and they just, their eyes were huge, their jaws mm -hmm. dropped and they just froze and you could see their brain thinking, what is happening? Yes. What is that sound? What is happening? This is, I have never experienced this. So anyway, long story short, our daughter had been stung by a wasp and came in and, we, you know, everybody, these two were nurses. So they doted on her and took such great care of her. And, and, you know, later that night when we were all sitting around and the kids were in bed and we, they talked about it a little bit and we talked about it and we said, now imagine hearing that scream every night at bedtime for hours. Yes. Yes. And it was really a good opportunity to just give them a little insight into what our daily, a piece, one hour or two of our daily life was every day. Mm -hmm. And they, I think it really sunk in, you know, but, I think people um, once, once it's almost like they have to witness it. Mm -hmm. They have to witness something right. for them to be able to even comprehend. Yeah. Cause everything that we, when we anything that we've opened up with, with friends, they just, it, it does. It seems to be like this. They, they feel like you are looking through a certain filter, mm -hmm. you know, instead of it being this, Oh, it's a shared experience. They're like, well, that's your perspective. Mm -hmm. like even my friend that I talked to a couple of days ago, right. um, was super understanding. And she was very clear that she didn't want to be judgmental in any way. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't, you know, but there were certain remarks or certain things she'd say where, you know, well, it, it helps to hear knew. your experience. Like, Right. It was this, like, this just happened to you. This is how this, you see it. Yes. Yeah. This is how you see it. This is your story, your mm -hmm. specific experience that isn't really related to anything else. And yeah. that nobody else really would see that. Right. And, and I, over time, you know, I've learned now when people say that that's okay. Cause it's a good thing. They haven't yeah. had to They're witness. They're trying to be understanding. They just don't <laughs> quite get it. And why right. would you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, you right. know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good thing that you have no point of reference. Right. That you do think this is super, super rare. Yeah. That's, you know, that yeah. nobody else would be able to understand. That's, that's good. That says that you haven't had to go through something right. like this. And thank goodness. Yeah. You wouldn't yes. wish it on anyone. Right. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll be back to listen to future episodes. If you like the show, please subscribe and help me spread the word by clicking share and like. If you're a parent who needs more support, 
whether it's for you or your family, please check out my website at radtalkwithtracy.com and visit radadvocates.org.